0: Oh, but you know what I didn't do? I need to share change your underwear before. This- hey yo. <laughs> I did not change my underwear. <laughs>
1: podcast where the hosts always have fresh undies (laughs) the only podcast i like that that's
0: a good claim and i mean like who's gonna prove us wrong right right
1: who's gonna say somebody else took it first
0: there you go welcome to growing up punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends my name is david my friend is aaron uh we are back for another one sticking to uh another canadian band one that we i think we probably yeah, I know we mentioned them i Have alluded to it
1: at yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, a little bit. So we're going to talk about Sum 41 today, specifically uh, their records All Killer, No Filler, and Does This Look Infected? Um, we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, but I realized, hopefully when we get into this, I did not test any levels. So hopefully, hopefully I do not blow your eardrums, Aaron, when I hit play on the music, but...
1: You it have is what it not is. Not done me wrong thus far, so I trust those levels. <laughs> well, that's if they good. They betray me. That is the end of me.
0: That is the end of you, <laughs> as end, the end of the podcast, I suppose. So, this could very well be uh, the last time you hear us in podcast <laughs> form because I may actually. Let's hope not. It might be the death of Aaron with how loud this is. No, it should be fine. But anyway,. Um, yeah, let's get into uh, real quick before we get into talking about Sum Forty One. Go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find our personal uh, social media is linked there as well. Of course, if you like the show, share it with your friends. Please help us out. Maybe you got a Sum Forty One fan in your life, or maybe you've got that one person who's just like Sum Forty One is terrible. And then you listen to this episode and like, no, see, they they shine some light on some forty. 40- I don't know if that'll happen. This is me like trying to, I don't know, we'll see. I don't know where this podcast is going to go, you know?
1: Maybe the band members share it amongst themselves and like, see our band? We don't have to break up. These guys think we're good. <laughs> These two guys, they talked
0: about <laughs> records we released like 20 years ago. Actually, 21 and 22
1: years ago. Well, you can't break up now and leave us hanging.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, well, well real quick. I guess real quick, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit. Um, do you remember first kind of being introduced to and getting into Psalm 41?
1: So for those in Canada, you might remember an amazing talk show called O Vision. I do. Um it must have been like late 90s, early 2000s. They used to have uh, episodes called Jono Palooza where they'd have bands come and play and there was a band that played called Sum 41. Now, I've gone back on YouTube to look it up. I don't recognize any of the members. So either they had the same name or it was new members since then or maybe they just all hit puberty and look different. <laughs> I don't know. But that is the very first time I heard of Sum 41. Obviously, at that time, I had no um, correlation to... To what it was yeah. Um, but then later on I, Again with my friend Jess and Dauphin Discovering all sorts of stuff on Much Music um, Some 41's I think it was their, their video for Makes No Difference um, To me which was off Half Hour Power now, I also feel like they were a part Of like a I don't know if it was like a Making the Band Or you know some One of those kind of shows they were just like Running around town like pulling Pranks and stuff and So I I can't really remember what the correlation was in there, but whatever it was, I thought it was cool. It was, you know what uh, I
0: think it was that you're referring to? Uh, I think if I remember hearing this correctly, uh, they actually made like a jackass style video that they sent to record labels. So it was something that they had, if, if we're talking about the same thing, it was something that they kind of put together, uh, to kind of like get, gain attention from different labels or what have you, instead of just sending, you know, a handwritten letter and a demo tape or something, they included a video with it. I think that's what you're referring to.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar. So something like that, I just remember watching it and just kind of, you know, this was before I would have known what Jackass was, if yeah. it was even around at that point. But yeah, it was just one of those things that kind of caught, caught our attention and the songs were cool. And so that uh, started that love affair many years ago.
0: Yeah, like uh for myself it was also I don't know if I saw the O'Vision thing before or after. I've definitely seen it and I was just looking it up and you're right. Um, it doesn't look like I don't like it says that Derek and Stevo, the drummer, uh were the original like they were originally in the band. So I'm not sure if um 'Cause yeah, when I when you see that video, like whoever's singing does not look like Derek. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean maybe he's there playing guitar. I'm just like quickly looking through because I meant to look that up and watch it. Um and I'm just trying to see uh what what the deal is. So I'm gonna read this straight from their um their wikipedia it says some 41 was formed in ajax ontario by guitarist derek wibley strummer drummer drummer steve jocks i believe is how it said uh, bassist richard roy and vocalist john marshall so there you go uh that actually says vocalist john marshall so the guy you see singing is john marshall and then on bass is a guy named richard roy which of course they would eventually derek would eventually start singing and they would add uh dave brown sound as well as cone on bass so so it um, wasn't
1: puberty. Okay.
0: No, they were originally called <laughs> Casper and reformed as a no effects cover band. Uh, the group members decided to change the band's name to supernova while on tour on September 28th, 1996, uh, which happened to be the 41st day of their summer vacation, lending them to change their name or leading them to change their name to some 41. Cause it was 41 days into summer. I thought I'd heard that somewhere yeah, and, and thought that was, that was true. So, so it's funny. I don't remember where I would have heard that, but, um, To go back to, you know, kind of my first introduction to them, uh I'm pretty confident to say that it was uh same thing like makes no difference the music video from half hour of power uh seeing it on Much Music and when I kind of went back and looked at it again I was like oh man this video is like a perfect example of just like that late 90s early 2000s pop punk video you know they're playing at a house party uh some hijinks is has taken place while they're playing and it's always the band members getting into trouble it's it's pretty great Um, that was definitely the introduction for me. And then, um, I also noticed in watching the video, I'm pretty sure that, uh, so Derek Cone and Dave are singing in this video and it looks like they literally just raided the drum mics, you know, like someone had drum mics for the show and they rated those for their vocal mics because Dave and Derek looked, I'm I'm like 99% sure they are singing into kick drum mics. And then Cone, he has three mics that are taped together um, that just look like variations of, you know, like overheads or snare mics, you know, like things like that. It's pretty funny. I don't know what the deal was with that, um, but I thought it was, it was pretty great. And um, yeah, and it's funny because uh, I was going to bring up, before jumping into this that like so you've seen them live yeah
1: i just well not just this was uh must have been 2019 right before covid i finally Mm. got to see them with the offspring so it was like you know 20 years after discovering them finally got to see them live so it was pretty sweet
0: yeah so i actually never got to see them i haven't seen them live yet obviously they've got I think they're doing one last tour or whatever, and I can't remember if there's an Edmonton date on it or not. But I'm sure there is, if if that's a thing. But anyway, um, they did play the Edgefest tour in 2001 oh, yeah. with Blink, Newfound Glory, and I believe Jimmy World was also on that show. Man, bring uh,
1: that, bring that uh, lineup back.
0: Yeah, and so I unfortunately missed it that year because I was when it rolled through Calgary where I would have seen it, I was in Nova Scotia visiting my grandparents on the East coast. So I never got to see them. And that, that is a bummer. Maybe, maybe I'll have to look into getting tickets if they do have an Edmonton show, you know, kind of in their final run or not. But, um, I've slowly kind of over the years tried to like check off the bands from that show that I missed. Cause it was like, that's an all time lineup, right? Yeah. Um, so I've seen Jimmy world. And then I actually just saw, I mean, I'd seen blink with Matt, but I just saw Blink with Tom back in the band on this current tour. So, slowly getting there. Newfound Glory, still haven't seen, but I have seen Jordan Pundick um, uh, DJ a set at an emo night in San Diego.
1: <laughs> Close enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, Close I saw enough, new, ma'am.
1: Newfound Glory on a Sticks and Stones tour. That was awesome. Nice. But that was a long time ago. But yeah, because not-
0: that would have been, what, 2002 or whenever that album came out?
1: Uh, sorry, it was for like the. 10 oh, the, or no, oh, maybe reunion, 20 or year reunion, anniversary yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was yeah. it was when uh steve was still in the band so mm, before that okay. but anyways
0: yeah yeah um yeah so slowly over time maybe maybe i'll eventually check uh some 41 and newfound glory off of that list as well but to this point not yet but that blink show was great even though i you know had to sit a mile away uh it was pretty fantastic they they sounded great, whether or not they're using auto tune. Like it's definitely possible. I know there was like some internet stuff going around about I think Coachella Tom using auto tune. Uh, but but you know what I say to that? I would rather if that's the case, I would rather that than get the you know, the Tom that we had in, you know, kind of their first reunion yeah. neighborhoods era where he was singing all weird and and off key because Mark still sounded off key as he does at times. So I'm like, I don't think they're using it all the time, that's for sure. But uh but no, they they played. You know, most of the hits, most everything you want to hear, but um, it was a lot of fun. And turnstile was incredible. I'm fairly convinced that turnstile, uh, like, they could they could play to, like, just a huge stadium and have everyone wrapped around their finger with the kind of show they put on.
1: Uh, Did it seem like so good. lots of people knew them?
0: No, I mean, like... Mm-hmm. Maybe it was tricky because because when turnstile was on, I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh, man, like, I don't think this this show sold very well. Like it's, so, you know, I was like, ah, because I mean, it was at Rogers Place, which holds like, I don't know, 17000 people. I don't know how many they get in there for a concert because obviously they close sections and stuff, you know, behind the stage. But um, when turnstile was on, I was like, well, the floor was full, but definitely the the seats were, you know, fairly fairly empty still but by the time blink rolled on it was pretty full in there like there were you know it didn't it didn't like sell out sell out but you know it was pretty scarce seats it mm. seemed so you know however the the merch lines were also insanely long like ridiculously long i didn't even bother looking at merch because you get in there and you see the line i'm like i will pass yeah <laughs> so um i will but pay they, shipping yeah exactly <laughs> but they put on a great show i'm sure you could get a blink shirt off of amazon or something and get free shipping it's got it they got to be one of those bands right that are at that yeah. level that you could buy it from well, some big corporate giant and <laughs> save on shipping
1: I found one at Value Village a few years ago, so I'm good.
0: Oh, man, that's a, that's a good find. I found a Green Day shirt at uh, a thrift store yesterday. Yeah, so that's I was awesome. like, pretty pumped about that. But, um, yeah, so shall we – do we have any other uh, – I'm trying to think if I've got anything else I need or want to say about kind of initially getting into the band. I do remember, like, I bought Half Hour of Power and learning how to play the, I don't remember the name of the song, but it's, you know, like the power metal sort of riff that they play, you know, sort of thing on on Half Hour of Power. And I remember thinking it was this weird combination of like, sort of like power metal type stuff and pop punk, which <laughs> it was, at, at that time, was wild.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, there's bands now that that mesh genres mm-hmm. together, but when these guys came out, I don't know that there was anybody else kind of melding, you know, pop punk and, and metal influences.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially like I think what was so weird, especially on that first record, is I don't remember it necessarily being a thing where they would like do it, you know, both kind of genres in one song as opposed to, you know, kind of their their main songs were all pop punk on Half Hour of Power their main songs were all kind of pop punk and then they were like the jokey songs were right you know kind of like this metal sort of thing that they were doing but um man i I listened to the heck out of that album absolutely loved it and maybe that's where the like the the jackass video thing was maybe it was an enhanced cd and that's where because i definitely remember watching it too um or maybe it, it was on all killer no filler so with that shall we talk about all killer no filler let's do it so let's dive in first to the artwork. Uh, what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on uh, the artwork for this record?
1: Yeah, I thought it was cool. It Suited the the goofiness of the band. You know, as I look at it now, the pictures are not great quality. But <laughs> either that's intentional or that's a sign of the times when the album came out. And I mean, maybe it was in like a photo booth or something. But you know, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if it was a little bit better quality. But yeah, it's it. You know, it's one of those ones where you see it and you kind of know it.
0: I definitely think it's um, memorable. It's you know iconic in its own way. However, it's funny. I, I like the idea. I'm assuming they're using like leaf blowers and you know like blowing it in their face and taking pictures of all the weird faces it makes you make uh, right, when the yeah. air, the high air pressure is blown at you. Um, but and, and and I do think it kind of like fits the world at that time, the pop punk world, because everybody was kind of, you know, goofy and, and joking and having fun. And I think it kind of reflects that. However, I do also think it kind of feels more like it should be inside the CD insert as opposed to the artwork. Yeah. Um, like it looks like, you know, it's like, Oh, we're going to do something kind of quirky as our band photo. So like, here's the guys and they're blowing leaf blowers in their face. And this is kind of the fun sort of photo. So like as artwork is concerned, uh it's it's fine it's okay it does remind me a little bit of say like uh the self-titled newfound glory record or right uh anywhere but here by the ataris or any other like kind of pop punk emo like grid layout of yeah, photos yeah. it's got that going on but i think and and maybe it is like looking back on it going like well the pictures aren't very high quality you know maybe that's why i look at it now and kind of go eh, it's fine you know it's it is a little rough around the edges but um yeah like it's you know it when you see it right like you're not confusing you know it for another Sum 41 album or whatever going oh is that you know this one you know it's you know it's uh all killer no filler um so yeah it is i i enjoy it for what it is but also could have just been on the inside of the cd book i don't even remember what's on the inside of the cd book it's been forever since i've seen it
1: Uh, well i have it somewhere here but i'm not gonna dig it out at the moment it's
0: just more pictures of them with leaf blowers um so let's get into overall impressions before we dive into the songs. I will say this: uh, before we dive into the songs, um, we had someone comment on our Spotify uh, on each episode on Spotify. It actually, it's I can change it, but the generic question is, "What did you think of this episode?" or something like that. And I think it was either on the Saves the Day or the Atari's episode. Uh, we had a listener comment saying, "I really, I really enjoyed the episode, but wish, uh, you know, wish you kind of." Put, uh, or, or like focused on more than just three songs, but you know, that's kind of the format. So we decided to add an extra song. So we're going to do four songs per record. And um, that means we're going to do opener, closer, and then we each picked one. And uh, yeah, so, but before we get into the songs from this record, let's talk about overall impressions when you went back and listened to it.
1: So I remember buying this album and uh MXPX the Renaissance C P at HMV. Mm. Actually here in Regina on a band trip. I don't know what grade would I been in, maybe grade ten or eleven. Yeah. Um so that was so that was just my memory of, of actually buying the album. Um yeah, I've loved this album ever since, listened to it countless times. Much better production on this album, thanks to Jerry Finn. So I mean that's quite a step up from the half hour power. You know, to this album, so lots obviously happened in there. Um, you know, and back when when there was a select few bands that I love that became huge, kind of like Blink. Mm-hmm. This was another one, you know, where um, where I was happy to rep them because it was kind of at that time where like not a lot of bands that like we were probably into were getting super popular you know, but then you have, you know, have like Green Day, Blink, these guys, you know, yeah. then it really kind of exploded from there, and so, um, yeah, that just kind of stands out, um, but yeah, re-listening, like, there's still lots of great songs on here, um, I, I feel like it's it's aged well, like, it's not cringy, necessarily, like, it's still kind of like a Blink album or something, like, it's was mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, as we get older, we probably get a bit further from some of the kind of corniness of it, but... At the same time, the nostalgia kind of fills that, fills that void too. So yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's funny because like my my thoughts with this record were a little bit when I if the first few times I put it on, I was actually pretty underwhelmed, uh, and I mean I've listened to this record countless times. Like I, I I owned these two records when they were you know when they came out, I bought them and all this stuff. Um, so it's not like this was an introduction to the band for me by any means, but I think like. I do find it ironic for me that the album is called all killer, no filler, because it does feel a little bit like there's some filler on here for me. Uh, And maybe it's just a matter of kind of like getting back and listening again, because I did find the album growing on me sort of as I was going through, you know, sort of repeated listens over the last little bit. Um, And then, you know, so like, like kind of finding a, a bit more of its groove, but overall when I first put it on, like for this, I was kind of like, what was it about this record that, you know, I loved and people loved. And obviously it's got big singles on it with fat lip and in too deep. And like, those are massive songs. Uh, but, but they're also not my favorite songs. Probably just from overplay, right? Like, uh, they've got their great songs in their own right. But, um, yeah, there was just a little bit of something that was off for me, but I, I am curious if I listen to, you know, kind of keep going back to the record, if it, you know, grows on me a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's it, it did feel a little weird going into it for whatever reason. Like I I found as we've started diving back into these older records with other bands, I almost went, Oh yeah, that's why I loved this record. Hmm. Whereas this one, it was like the flip, and I was like, Why did I love this record? Uh the songs weren't super memorable to me outside of a few, so uh that's it's just kind of interesting. But Speaking of the songs, unless you got any more overall impress- impressions you wanted to share, shall we get into them?
1: Well, that's yeah. That's just to to touch on that thought. Like it's yeah, that's a interesting way to look at it. I think for myself, I don't maybe question it as much. Like when I go to re listen, I'm not looking at it to be like you know, do I still think it's this? It's just in my mind it's still great. Mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to reevaluate it. Yeah. Um and because there's so much time there and just thinking of when we were discovering bands like this, we just kind of accepted everything and loved it all because we didn't have access to nearly yeah. as much as we do now. And, so yeah. yeah, it is a it is an interesting take for sure.
0: Well, and I was going to say it's not like I go into the albums trying to reevaluate them. It's just With some of these ones, especially, you know, records where it's been a while since I've listened to them, I'm thinking about like, say, like the Undecided or even the Gob records. Um, When I went in and listened to them again, it was this reminder, not like me going, okay, this is what I remember about this album. Let's see what I think about it now. It was more just like a jump off the page for me going like, oh, yeah. I did really like this album and I kind of forgot all about it. And maybe it's a factor of some 41 being a band that you don't really forget about in the sense that, you know, the success that they had and then, um, you know, and just being this all around kind of like bigger band, especially like in the Canadian pop punk scene, right? Like there's no one that, that touches them. So as far as like, you know, success and popularity is concerned. And so maybe just like in putting it on, and expecting it to be this album that immediately i'm like oh yeah i love this record for this reason it more was just like a what's going on here what was it i loved about this record not like yeah not something i'm diving in to try and figure out but um but yeah let's get into the songs i will say real quick uh this this album we kind of sort of break the rules a little bit because obviously the first track is introduction to destruction which we're not gonna we're not going to talk about it, cause it's not a song. It's, you know, just like a little quippy sort of funny thing. And then the closing track pain for pleasure. Uh, I decided not to pick it as the closer because I turned the record off after what I consider the proper closer heart attack. So <laughs> that's, that's just me. Uh, joke songs at the end of records don't really do much for me. So I didn't want to kind of dive into it. So, um, let's uh let's get into the first song then and it is called and hopefully i don't blow your eardrums out that's not what it's called but hopefully you know your safety is is still intact uh, or something but anyways the opener or what we're calling the opener is called nothing on my back
2: So bad. You always seem to drag me through That night, forever, always haunting me But I guess, it is what it's supposed to be i spare your thoughts of sympathy <laughs> Nothing on my back, is still enough to bring you down My mind's about to crack, cause when I talking about this now No matter of it's harder still when you're to to crack, cause what I thought could not be found, with nothing on my back, it's still enough to bring me down, my mind's about to crack, cause what I thought could not be
0: i could have played like the uh intro thing into that song but i didn't anyway uh i love the way this like with this song the opening riff kind of gives me green day vibes um to just kind of like jump right into it though with that guitar i think the guitar tone is great and it really works uh cuts to like the single note on the guitar underneath uh when derek first starts singing i think is great because it really brings all this energy Right out of the gate. But instead of just being like, bam, punch you in the face and keep going, it kind of like, okay, lets you settle into the melody a little bit. Uh, I think the chorus is great. Um, and then go like going back into the opening riff, I, I really like the kind of flow. One note I really had on this song that I think is kind of interesting is the way Derek's vocal kind of like tails off at the end of each chorus. I think he says, I can't help but drown, maybe. I can't help but drown. And he like holds it off and it sort of tails off reminds me of uh the way that uh, mike herrera would when singing uh whatever the song is called but before you know he says at the show oh um, middle name yeah middle name his voice kind of like tails off while he's waiting and like kind of teasing the crowd a little bit on the on the live records uh the way Derek's voice does that i always kind of do like this same vocal line that mike i don't know if he always does it but i think he did it on at the show uh he kind of like walks down a little bit as he trails off um so it's just fun this kind of funny little little thing where i'm like it's what i hear immediately that's where my song Mm -hmm. or my head goes and i expect him to say at the show (laughs) (laughs) instead it it carries on with nothing on my back by some 41 but um but i do think it's it's a a great opener for the record as far as a proper song is concerned uh, I think it brings all the right energy. It's got enough kind of like dynamic flow and interest to it that, um, yeah, I, I I love the way this record, this song opens up the record. So, what uh, what were your thoughts on this
3: one?
1: Yeah, yeah, very similar. It's a great opener, high energy, anthemic. I I put gets the push mosh going yeah. when that song starts. I can just visualize like two thousand one, like just kind of like awkward punk show push mosh. Gotta <laughs> have it. But, yeah, it just gets the energy going. Yeah, I I also love that, you know, the kind of single note and then those uh, tom rolls. Mm -hmm. Then kind of in the bridge, it almost kind of goes back to somewhere. It's just like holding a note and the toms are going. And it kind of creates this cool space in the song to build it back up. One thought, like, that's pretty unique for an opener song. Usually you don't have, like, that kind of space. You're just kind of keeping the energy high. So I thought that was pretty unique just to have that in there and and again reminded me of green day and i'm trying to think of what song that is where kind of everything kind of drops out and just the toms and and bass are going and it just kind of like revs back up i don't know if that's in uh brain and or jaded or something or i don't know anyways i can't yeah. remember what the title is but it, yeah it reminded me of that similar kind of feel to it
0: I did skip right. I I had a similar note. I like, I love the, the drum and bass like breakdown and it, cause I think it really builds tension, especially when those shots come back in um, instead of it just being like, you know, you get this build and then it takes off. It really builds these, these guitar shots and then cuts back again. And it's just, I think uh palm muted guitar and the bass and Derek singing for, you know, like a couple lines and nothing on my back line. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it. I, I I love it too. I wish I could figure out which Green Day song you're talking about. Um, it does sound familiar when you say that. I think
1: they probably do that on a few songs, but yeah, there's yeah, one of yeah. mine. I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to go through the whole discography to try to figure Un- it out. So.
0: Unbelievable. What a failure. <laughs> um, Somebody let's...
1: else can leave a comment on Spotify. They're already so doing you the yeah, work yeah. for us by <laughs> letting us like know it. what to do, so.
0: So I was going to ask I think it's a great opener Do you have any alternate openers Or is this your Would this be your Yep this is the one
1: Yeah for me this is definitely the one
0: Okay let's get into the next one then Which is far from the opener Because it comes up much later On the record And uh, it's fitting for this time of year Because the song is called Summer So, first things first let's uh you know talk about the the elephant in the room. This song actually came off of half hour of power oh, which is kind of why I picked it because uh, I do find if I go back to listening to some forty one for whatever reason half hour of power is the record I tend to sort of lean towards I don't know if it's because that was like probably the one I listened to the most. I bought it when it was, you know, their only record out and then was on board for, you know, going ahead. But it's the one I've had the most amount of time with. So kind of had to give, you know, a little bit of a nod uh, by picking this song. I also think it's, you know, got great energy, that opening riff. I absolutely love. And it does like what I would sort of classify as like the early or classic, like some 41 uh, vibe where it's like the, the guitar riffs instead of like so... You know, I read on the Wikipedia that, you know, they started as a no effects cover band. So they're obviously, you know, influenced by skate punk as well as pop punk, right? Where like in a, in a skate punk song, you know, maybe the riffs, those octave riffs are a little more just like just straightforward strumming, you know, right. uh, playing 16th notes, 8th notes, whatever. I find that uh, with some 41, they add like this element of bounce to like more kind of like skate punk riffs. Um, you know, instead of it just being played straight ahead, like you say it was like, I just started singing Damn It by Blink-Body <laughs> 2. But like, instead of just like that straight da 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 it's like You know what I mean? Like it kind of yeah, yeah. brings in this stutter and bounce, which I absolutely love uh, in their sound. And I think that's, you know, kind of what I missed as, you know, time went on where they kind of started bringing in more of those, like the metal influences and stuff like that. I sort of started missing the, the bouncy pop punk vibes that which they didn't get rid of it entirely, but I just think it became less and less kind of prominent in their sound. Um, and I don't know on this song what's catchier if it's the "whoa you don't even know" part, like the pre-chorus, or if it's the "it's not in what you do, it's in what you say" part because I think they nailed, you know, both of them. It's just a super singable song.
1: Yeah, I think to to build on that, like with bands like this or you know blink or green day like the melodies the vocals are really what make it stand out like the chord progressions are are fairly kind of you know typical mm-hmm. and i think that's what kind of makes them kind of stand out you know um like i know there was some other bands from around that time like um i don't need to mention them but where it was just <laughs> like a little bit more kind of boring like yeah, it's just the vocals, the melodies. You either went too much with just the basic structures or whatever. But I think Sum forty one does really well at at playing off of that, um, so that stands out um, to me in this song. Um, with yeah, with that lyric, it's not in what you do more than what you say. Just, uh, I'm curious to what that's about. It's kind of the opposite of you know actions speak yeah. louder than the words, but he's saying you know, the words speak louder than the actions, and you know, yeah. and and also with the like, I was trying to think, is like this lyrically this doesn't seem like a song about summer so maybe it's about a person (laughs) named summer or something that happened during the summer it's funny Um, i
0: didn't even come to think about that (laughs) yeah Yeah, just i was like
1: yeah it's it's not like a playful song lyrically but right yeah yeah sometimes that's kind of cool too to not have it you know exactly as the title
0: yeah I, i do wonder what what the kind of inspiration behind the song is but um someone someone knows and they can comment on our on our spotify page they can comment on each and every thing on this episode uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah no I, I've I love this song and um, I will continue to love it and I was I remember being pumped when I bought this record and being like oh this song's on here this is awesome right like uh, knowing it from from the previous record so uh, without with, with unless you got anything else you want to say on that one on summer do you want to get into uh, the song that uh, is officially your pick from this record
1: yeah let's do it. the song is handle this So I picked this song because, especially at the time, not many of the punk bands I was listening to had kind of you know slower songs like this. The song's not super slow by any means, but um, I always liked some forty ones slower songs. Derek's vocals um, always yeah. added kind of a cool kind of snotty snottiness to them. You know, it didn't make the slower songs sound whiny, whereas some other pop rock bands, they have a slower song and maybe the vocals are a bit higher pitched or a bit too clean sounding. It just kind of sounds a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, with this, yeah, again, I mean, it's not – they they have songs later on, on on later albums where they were a lot kind of slower. I think they were kind of going for that. But um, anyways, this this one just kind of stands out for – for being one that still draws me in as a listener even that's mm. though it's not as high energy you know especially like when it came out you know listening to like slick shoes and um strung out stuff that was like super fast like those bands didn't have these kind of um mid tempo songs so yeah um yeah lyrically the songs you know has a more serious tone to it compared to some of the other songs on the album um, there's a really cool guitar solo going into the bridge that adds um, a cool element to it as well. And so just yeah, overall this song stands out to me.
0: I find that this song reminds me a lot of bowling for soup. Um with that like that opening riff with the you know, one guitar kind of going bah, bah, and then the other right. bah,
3: bah,
0: like just the way it kind of all and the because like bowling for soup while they, you know, fit nicely into the pop punk scene were never really like a band that played any sort of punk beat, right? Yeah. Like, uh, they were always, you know, made it all on their mid tempo sort of, uh, song. So it, it definitely gives me those vibes, but I absolutely, which is fine. Like I, I enjoyed, especially Bowling for Soup kind of at this time. You like know, and,
1: I wouldn't have known about them back then. I don't think,
0: um, Oh, actually throw back to our last episode when I saw Gob Bowling for Soup opened for them. Well, uh, yes. I, remember, I remember that, but, um, so yeah, like I was, I was familiar with Bowling for Soup at that time and, I don't know if I would have seen or made that comparison then necessarily, but just hearing it now, that's kind of where where I go. But what I do, and and I like that, and what I really love about this song, though, I mean, the chorus is great, but really, like, that outro, when the vocals start layering and kind of, like, you know, like, winding back and forth, it's funny that it's not the closer because it definitely has closer feels to it with yep. that the way that song ends and even the pace of the song right the tempo of the song um and but where does it sit on the album is it uh well, it's like track nine well, so it's not yeah, even it's, there's later. still like several songs before the closer uh so it, it's interesting in that regard where you know if we did alternate closers i could put this one put this one on the list yeah. um but yeah, I, I did also find it a little bit interesting when I got you to pick a song, and this is the one you went with. But because I, I feel a lot of times you kind of lean towards faster, heavier things, but uh, this one uh, is is equally great, and I I, I really agree, and can kind of hear like when you say about Derek's voice on those slower songs, he always had such a unique voice uh, that no matter what he did you know it always sounded great but yeah on these slower songs it really kind of adds and takes on a whole new dynamic i think and um yeah so that was pretty rad but let's uh unless you got anything else to say about handle this shall we get into the closer
1: heart attack bring it on
0: the sort of closer i should say because again it's not technically the closer but joke songs be damned this is heart attack
3: else
2: to do, but lie in bed and wonder how it was always up to you, and no one else ends early mornings, late by warnings, what's the point of the alarm that I'm ignoring? short And I can't make time When nothing There's nothing there to blame And things can't be better Summer evenings Teenage feelings Got no problem with the life that I've been leading No concentration On hesitation I can't make time when nothing's new Cause waking up is hard to do something. So I'm ahead to bang with no part of my time to
0: A solid closer, if I do say so yeah. myself. From you know the kind of melancholic feel of most of the song. I mean, the choruses actually aren't very melancholic. It's, it is funny because the verses with that clean kind of riff um, take on one feel and then the chorus hits in and it's, you know, kind of that, that some 41 bounce that I'm talking about, right? Like where you can just like Bob your head to it. "Mm, I feel like he's playing the, he's not doing it, but the, you know, the, that thing you do beat, like it just feels happy. Like he could be singing about cereal, his favorite cereal, but (laughs) I I don't think he is. Um, And then that riff at the end when it just kind of like changes for like the last bar or two. And you're like, Oh, Okay, like it just sort of drives home like, yeah, we've beat whatever demons we're fighting and now we're at the end of, you know, triumphantly at the end of the record before a joke song follows it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, to me it had a very blink kind of sounding, like the intro and the verse, Um, you know, but then I like how it picks up for the chorus, like you said, back to the same thing for the verse. And uh, yeah, I like the the flow to the ups and downs of the song. Um, Yeah, I think it's a great final song for the album, you know, minus... Well, wow. our our final song minus <laughs> yeah. "Pain for Pleasure," yeah. which you know I, I could have gone without. So um, uh,
0: here's a story about "Pain for Pleasure" that I looked up. I'm pretty sure it's that one, anyways. Steve-O wrote it while on the toilet, which it you know it's it sounds like that in my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, should
1: just put it like as a hidden song or something. Yeah, I don't like know, that's, especially that's for their sure yeah their first yeah. major label one like all the big yeah. hits on it. Kind of, I mean, whatever they, they want to do, what what they what want they that's did with it. Yep.
0: It didn't, I don't think it hurt them at all. Um, But it's an interesting comparison you make with Blink because, and maybe this is like kind of leaning more into that, um, you know, that, that Sum 41 bounce that I was talking about, because, you know, if you want to compare it to the more serious Blink songs, whether, you know, you're talking about Adam's song or you're talking about stay together for the kids, like, especially in this time of, of Blink before self-titled and all that, or untitled and all that stuff would come out later um, when they would hit their choruses it was always just this like big driving sound, right? Where yeah. like, the guitars would come in. So here's your holiday. And it's just like da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Whereas when like this song hits the chorus, again, I, I, I kind of referenced, it's like, it's bouncy. And it's like, you could bob your head to it. You're not head banging, your head bobbing uh, along to this song. So it's like, it has this different feel that really fits the Sum Forty One sound, I think, of this time that kind of set them apart a little bit for me. Uh, where and then there's like the riff that follows the chorus again, where it could just be this straight driving, straightforward riff, and they kind of like syncopate it and give it a little bounce. And I think it's I think it's pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, great closer. Uh, even if you know the song Handle This would also serve well as a closer. Um, this one does the trick for me.
1: Yeah, right on. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, let's uh, move then uh, into Does this look infected? Let's talk about the artwork, shall we? What do you think of the artwork on this one?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. It looks like you know kind of an old <laughs> horror movie poster or something. Yeah, it's, it's not cool. It's not my favorite, but again, I, I like maybe similar to the first one, it stands out when you, when you see it. You know what album it is. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I go back and forth with album art where. If the art is like just depicting exactly what the title is, sometimes it's like, okay, you know, sometimes it's nice to to look at it and be like, oh, I wonder why it's called that instead of it just exactly depicting it. But I think the style fits the, um, like the sound and the vibe of the album, you know, a bit darker. Um, You know, the green is like, okay, it's still kind of, it's still fun. It's still a punk album. It's not like a horror punk album or... You know, right. whatever, something like that. So, yeah, I I think it fits well. It so, it's none of my top uh, hundred album covers, but
0: <laughs> it's funny because I love I love this artwork. Uh, I think it's great. Also, it goes hand in hand really well with Alexis on Fire's "Watch Out" artwork
1: yeah um, that's true
0: which i which i think is kind of cool and when did watch out come out was that right around the same or was that a couple years later uh 2004 so it was two years later yeah but you could you could put them you know you could kind of put them together i think they they work pretty great uh i i like the addition actually of the lady screaming in the corner i think that's sort of what like takes it to another level for yeah. me because instead of it, it just good. being i'm assuming that Stevo dressed up as a zombie yeah it looks um, like it yeah that's who it looks like to me too and so just like the addition of that in the corner i think is just kind of like an added element that makes me i don't know i've always i've always really liked it i've always liked the i mean obviously you know it's it's kind of a joke album title yeah for sure they kind of did for their first few anyway right um And I think the sort of fun, does this look infected? Well, it looks like you got more than an infection to worry about there. Uh, (laughs) You know, you are in fact undead. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I've always liked it. It's always stood out to me. I don't know if I were to make an artwork list of, you know, like favorite album artwork of all time where it would place. But uh, I I clearly I think I I think I have more love for this one than you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't dislike it. It's just it's fun. So it works
0: it works as far as an album is concerned. Obviously this was the follow up to their breakout album. I think it's fair to say that with songs like fat lip and in too deep on, on all killer, no filler. That's definitely their breakout album. And I think it holds up. Similarly. I, uh, I had, you know, a feeling with this where when I put it on, I was like, what, what did I love about this album again? It just wasn't hitting the same, but as I kind of got back into it, it, you know, it was growing on me. Um, and you know maybe this album didn't have quite the singles as All Killer No Filler did. Like In Too Deep and Fat Lip are both pretty massive songs, but like the Hell song and Still Waiting are also solid yeah. singles as well. So, uh, it you know it 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 held its it held its own I think. But um, I do I think it maybe initially when I was going back to this it lost a little bit of that like you know new band you you know breakout album like that energy and excitement that's there and now it's like getting into that sort of settling in a little bit uh which bands kind of do but that's not me saying they they released a stinker by any stretch of the imagination because i do think as this album grows on me more and more i i kind of come back around to it but it does feel a little less exuberant to me if that makes sense
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have the same memories with this album as the previous one in regards to like buying it and listening to it as much. But it was definitely around. I was happy with the band, the direction the band took. You know, it's less poppy, heavier, darker sounding, which was you know a different direction than many other bands in the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, would typically take, especially in kind of pop punk and really exploding. Um, but I, I thought that was cool. Lots of good songs in here. I haven't revisited this one um, in full as many times, but I still enjoy. Going back to it from time to time, um, yeah, like still waiting. Hell song. There's you know, there's still great singles on here, but um, I think overall they accomplished what they were hoping to. Kind of going away from, you know, uh, the sound that they kind of got big with, which is always interesting. They're not the only band that's done that, where you kind of get huge on the sound and then you know there's kind of a darker side to that, where yeah. you have, you know, whatever managers label saying, okay, like you got to be the next. You know, hit band, and I think there's kind of some pushback on that, and um, but I mean the songs are still super catchy and memorable, so it's not like it's just a complete difference. But um, mm. it's kind of a you you hear more of the darker um, kind of metal influences and just some of that in here as well, which which I love. So yeah. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into the opener, uh, the Hell Song. <laughs> On this one, Mister Infected.
1: Yes, it's definitely the song that comes to mind when I think of this album. You know, it's got has a great chorus. The music video stands out like they're just those little like finger puppets doing uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. tech like, deck skateboarding yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> again with with how big. I remember them being at this time to kind of have I don't know if this was the first single or still waiting was or whatever, but just to have such a kind of low fi looking video and it was you know great. you don't yeah. see them but yeah it's it's again just a playful side to them um I really like the guitar solo for me in the song really amplifies the song, which is otherwise like pretty basic um I would say it's not my favorite opener it kind of I, again, I know they were going for a more darker feeling album this kind of i mean it has a pretty somber feel to it Mm -hmm. um generally when i listen to the song it feels like it should be more like song five or six um however it seems like the feel they were going for in this album so i don't i don't have a better pick for the for this one so i guess that's the the yeah the weird part to it but
0: well but i but i kind of agree with you that was my like main takeaway i think from the song as an opener it feels like it's a couple BPM too slow. Like, it just, like, to start an album, it kind of drags. Like, even that opening riff, while it's an iconic riff, like, it's a memorable riff, I do feel like it feels just a little too slow to me to really yeah. pull me into the album. And that's a great point, like, saying, you know, it should be like four, five, six, whatever, like, when you can kind of, you know, maybe bring it back down a little bit. Not, obviously, they're not bringing it down in the sense of like a quiet song or anything, but tempo wise, um, that was the biggest sort of drawback for me and maybe it's also though just because i have heard this song so many times right like i've heard it a lot so it no longer packs that same punch for me as far as like other openers are concerned um i think track two over my head uh has a more like kind of like straightforward opening riff that is also still kind of a little bit more on the like the metal side as it were um but has a little bit more energy to it maybe uh and i think it's got an equally catchy chorus Uh, just like straightforward energy across the board. Or if they really wanted to like open the record up with a song that was clearly going to be a single, I think still waiting is a better opener just because it draws you in right away with the chorus. Yeah. And like, it's not like it just starts with the chorus full on. Like he's just singing it over a palm muted guitar. It's got that urgency. It doesn't feel like it's, you know, maybe dragging on the tempo a little bit. So like, I do think, like, uh, if they were set on having a single be the opener, I would have flipped those for sure. Um, but, you know, it is, it is fine. Like, it is such a, I think it is kind of a neat riff, though, especially in the pop punk world. When I listen to it now, I can hear, you know, a little bit of like, you know, it reminds me a little bit of, say, like, Blink 182's Damn It, but with a, like a different twist on it, right? Like, for sure. You know, yeah. I don't know. I didn't, maybe it's in a minor key or something. So there's something about it that definitely makes it feel a little different to, you know, kind of a straightforward pop punk riff, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I agree though. I think on, on most of your thoughts there as as an opener, it's, it's fine. But to me, I almost would just say, just go with still waiting as your opener. And, uh, that would be perfect in my books. I think if you're, you know, you want to kick it off with a single, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting way to start the album for me. Let's, but at least they didn't start it with a weird jokey intro so yeah that's
3: true mark's, marks you know thumbs yeah.
0: up for that one um <laughs> let's get into the next one unless you wanted to uh, say anything else about that one real quick
1: mr amsterdam here we come
0: mr amsterdam first and foremost before we listen to the song mr amsterdam sounds like it should be uh an alkaline trio song for whatever reason anyway the the title anyways this is mr amsterdam <laughs> I picked that song right
1: uh sure i, I think r- I, yeah I, I think so yeah
0: because I, I remember thinking when i picked it i absolutely hate the way this song starts <laughs> with like those just like dry shots um kind of reminds me a little bit of master of puppets by metallica bam 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 or whatever however it goes you know yeah. um <laughs> but uh when it kicks in, like after those shots, oh, man, is this song an absolute just like ripper of a song from like, you know, the screaming vocal backup vocal sort of thing, which is kind of, you know, a bit of a surprise, I feel, especially maybe at this time um, to like ah, it's the, the straightforward like skate punk riffs. Right. Like they're no he's not breaking them up and bouncing around in typical Sum 41 fashion. I think he's just like straight into it. And the way he says, this is probably a weird little note, but the way he says resignation really reminds me of propaganda. And I have no real reason why, like it's just the way he says, it just sounds like something that, um, you know, how the, how it'd be said in a propaganda song, but I don't know, top to bottom. I absolutely love the song. Even the instrumental out, uh, like the outro on it, I think is, interesting and it's just it's fun
1: yeah see I, i'm okay with the cymbal grabs i i like that <laughs> you this is like a good yeah, cymbal grab definitely the the, the darker more metallic kind of angry sound they were going for in this album while still remaining melodic so i i like yeah. those two things together i mean i really like the speed and the groove of the song the screaming at times you know adds a cool element when i was it almost it also sounded like a little bit dated for some reason. Not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, but there was another band. I don't know if you ever. Um, actually, we had uh, one of them on the podcast years ago from Seven Ten Split. They were mm-hmm. a punk band, and they had like lots of screaming. So that immediately took me back to that. I can't think of right, you know, other bands where they incorporated kind of like this. So, anyways, not a bad thing. Just made me took me Should back be- to a certain time.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, it's not a it's not a great scream. Like there's nothing remarkable about it, right? Like it's just outside of the fact that I don't recall any other parts up leading up to that on their previous records and stuff where that was, you know, an element of their sound.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love the the metal influence symbol grabs at the start, later on the double kick, that riff to end the song. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a good, yeah, good mix of the metal and punk without it being like too cheesy metal so yeah yeah i like it yeah
0: no i good on the same page let's get on to the next one then which i believe then was your pick uh mm-hmm. thanks no. yeah for nothing aaron <laughs> thanks You're thanks
3: welcome.
0: for nothing yeah thanks thanks for nothing <laughs>
1: Similar to the uh, my pick on the last album, it kind of had a a slower start. Yeah, what the hell, man? (laughs) Yeah, I. That's just the way. Which is funny because I don't really love. I mean, that's a very basic chord progression. Obviously, later in the song, it adds a lot more to it. But I don't like it just starting off like that. It kind of immediately makes me like not feel interested in the song for some reason. Yeah, Um, but I. It sounds
0: identical almost to Closing Time by Semisonic.
1: Yeah, that's right. I was like, this just reminds me of like a 90s alternative song. Yeah, 100%. But I like the back and forth vocals with um, Steve-O, drummer singing some parts. The only downside to that is it just reminds me of Fat Lip with him. So it's, you know, it takes a little bit away, but whatever. Yeah. yeah, like I said this song starts off a bit slower, makes you almost feel like it's going to be a bit more ballad-y, but then uh yeah, there's lots of energy movement to the song. Um it seems like the lyrics are heavily influenced by the band seemingly receiving direction or suggestions that they were not maybe thrilled with, which I'm guessing is why they kind of went in heavier, angrier direction with this album. Um I don't know if I'm misreading that, but it just kind of seemed like it had that feel to it. Um but yeah, it, it uh the lyrics fit the music well, I think.
0: Yeah, I would agree with Steve-O's vocal part. I didn't really think about, you know, kind of the back and forth with it because that is a little more interesting. Um, but it does sound like they're trying to... Like, I'm surprised they didn't try to force this as a single in the fact that Fat Lip was so successful. And they're like, oh, let's get Steve-O to rap again. It'll be a big hit. And I don't know if that was the plan, you know, with this song. But um, it it definitely takes me out of the first half of the verse. I don't mind that opening, you know, kind of... cut. Um, chord progression on just like a clean guitar like i said it reminds reminds me of closing time by Semisonic, which is which is fine uh but yeah i do like when the guitars come in like as the band comes in how it sort of changes direction right like it doesn't stay as this just you know straightforward ballad sort of thing but the the rapping bits kind of throw me off uh there are riffs a, a few different times on this record especially on this song that remind me of like good offspring riffs you know like when yeah, the offspring sure. writes some good riffs they're they're pretty good and then then there's the rest of the offspring right but um, <laughs> so there's like the riff in this song really gives me those vibes really dig it um, and I like how it gets uh you know like the heavy breakdown and all that kind of stuff there are parts of this song that remind me of it you know it sound like it could be like a simple plan song the sort of you know not softer necessarily but like when Derek's singing on the verses It kind of gives me Simple Plan vibes a little bit, which maybe is a weird thing to say, Uh, but I will say, outside of that, like I would listen to this song, you know, a thousand times over, probably than I would, you know, like a a soft, mellow Simple Plan song, if that makes any sense. For sure. Yep. But um, yeah, let's get into. uh, Shall we get into the closer? Yeah. Unless you wanted to say more. Okay. Well, let's let's do it then. This one's called Hooch. a surprise for the for this song because i I
1: hope it's what my first comment is
0: well okay so i made (laughs) something and i I just want to see we're gonna look so okay a a little peek behind the curtain or whatever when we make these episodes we don't listen to the full songs we kind of skip through them to kind of get the bits that we want to sort of talk about um but we're gonna listen to this full song okay because i made a little something and um well, well i want I want you to hear it, and I think it'll sum <laughs> it'll sum it up great here we go. Man, good editing there. That's awesome. Uh, so so clearly that was your same thought about
1: this song. <laughs> that was my exact thing. I was like, man, hooch, that opening riff is the just hooch. the same as Boom oh, by but, P.O.D.
0: <laughs> but, man, it's more than just the opening riff. Because uh, yeah, like when it goes to the chorus, he's like, you got nothing to lose. I was like, holy crap. This is Boom by P.O.D. Like, on the nose. Um, well, this came out, wow, was this... It was a year after, I believe. Oh. I think. I think. Boom came out in two
1: thousand one or two thousand. Yeah, 2000. It was September eleventh, two thousand
0: one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, this came out a year later. Uh, boom was a pretty successful song, I think. So it's it's
1: possible they were influenced by it, but uh, it's just a yeah. faster progression of the. Yeah, I
0: did have to speed up the uh, the boom vocals a little bit, but it wasn't by much. It was literally like by you know, like two and a half percent.
1: Yeah, like it was the same drop tiny. D F to A to D it's crazy to uh, yeah. yeah
0: it's pretty crazy but um yeah no as far as the song itself is concerned uh i do think it's a great way to close the way they close that song after the yeah. guitar solo and stuff like minus you know all the gibberish i was adding in there bringing it down like that man i think it's um i think it's pretty fantastic it works even if it does sound like a direct lift of another song that only came out a year prior
1: yeah yeah, yeah, I think this is a great song too. Great way to end it. I like the gang style vocals at the end before the solo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the song yeah then ends yeah, like you said on a slower, which I mean in in some ways it kind of kills the energy, but at the same time it's a really cool way to just really, really pull it back and just kind of end on yeah kind of a soft somber note.
0: I think you know you talk about kind of like killing the energy, but it, but I, I like the fact that it it's not a case of the entire song being that for sure. And how they, and how they get to it through, like, I think it's a great use of a guitar solo to kind of like let that guitar solo ring out and bring everything down. And then this, uh, just kind of like great sweet little melody that Derek sings over, you know, kind of clean guitar. I don't know. I think it's pretty great, fantastic way to end the record. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with it. I wouldn't choose any other way, at least from what's on the album. So closing thoughts real quick, then, uh, I think, you know, I I mentioned this with both of these records. They kind of initially on these listens, I was a little bit like, okay, what what am I forgetting? What am I missing that's not hitting me this time? But I do believe like over time they they grew on me um, a little bit more with each listen. And I would say that uh, if I had to pick between the two, initially I was all, you know, it was going to be all killer, no filler. But by the end of, you know, listening to these more and more, I think... Uh, does this look infected? Um, even if I, I – because I think sonically I like the sound of All Killer better. Um, it just feels a little more raw, a little more, you know, b- and bright and hopeful um, or bouncy. Uh, but I do – I think that they definitely – they grew as songwriters, and I do think they got better as songwriters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if I – that's that's a hard choice. I had to pick two. I mean, my immediate immediate answer is all killer, just because it's the one I know more yeah. and all the songs more. But this album has a bit more kind of depth, dynamic to it. So, uh, I don't know, half of each.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Pick all the best <laughs> songs from each and make one. Yeah, that's a,
1: all no. killer, no infected. <laughs> With a, touch With a little touch of POD.
0: With a little touch of POD. Anyways, that is, I figure, you know what I should have done is I should have played that song as like the, the outro of the episode as opposed to our regular outro. But anyways, whatever. I did what I did. So we are going to get out of here. Before we do, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find our personal Twitters and Instagrams linked there as well. Tell your friends about the show. Um, other than that, I think, um, I think that'll do it, right?
1: we'll see you next time same time same place maybe a different time though who knows
0: maybe a different band we don't know we haven't discussed that far but uh we might do these albums
1: again we'll see
0: we'll do these one yeah we'll revisit (laughs) them and uh we'll just do what we do but with that
3: goodbye